uh, message, transform in my mental health. That's such a key one, my mental health. So I want to I wanna really give you some, some diamonds and some pearls that's going to be a blessing to you because the enemy loves to attack the mind. I mean, that's his spot right there. I mean, it, it, it all starts in that, that thing between your two ears, your mind. And, and if you don't know how to get control of that mind, then you give the enemy the upper hand when it comes to your victory, right? And so the good news is that the Word of God addresses that. That's the great news, right? That there's nothing that's unaddressed by the Word of God. So um, I want to read these, uh, these, these statistics that I have pulled up. Um, it said that 61 million is the approximate number of Americans who experience a mental health disorder in any given year. $100 billion is the economic cost of untreated mental illness in the U.S. $100 billion. They just read the Bible. They can save. I need to run for office. If they, could just, if they just read the Bible, I can save the, I can save the country $100 million. Man, I mean, I can really save a lot of money. Uh, 800,000 is the estimate number of people globally who die from suicide every year. 25% is the approximate amount of people with mental illness who feel that others are compassionate or understanding towards those suffering from one with mental disorder. 350 million people are the number of people worldwide that are affected by depression every single year. 40 million people are the number of adults who suffer from anxiety disorder. 30% is the number of college students who reported feeling depressed to the point where it negatively impacted their ability to function. Approximately 7.5% of those college students also reported earlier that year that they seriously considered suicide over the last 12 months. 22 is the potential number of veterans who die by suicide every day. 10% is the percentage of children and adolescents who, whose mental and emotional disorder disrupt their day-to-day -day lives. 3.5 million is the number of Americans who suffer from schizophrenia. The disorder usually develops between the age of 16 and 25. 60% is the percentage of adults who did not receive mental health treatment. 60% treatment. of people walking around with this illness are not being treated. 6 million Americans suffer from bipolar disorder. 21% it's the percentage of mothers polled in a recent babysitter survey who stated that they have been diagnosed with postpartum depression. 5.2 million is the estimated number of adults who suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder in a given year. Seven is the number of people who die by suicide every hour in America due to depression and mental illness. With those numbers, I only know one person who has the answer, and his name is Jesus. Come on, look at somebody and say, his name is Jesus. Come on, look at somebody else and say, his name is Jesus. All right, so, so now that we know that there's a problem, right? And I didn't even get into the church statistics. That, I mean, that would just, then we, that's a whole nother conversation. 
but let's, let, let's dive into this and let's take a look at what the Lord is saying as it relates to uh, our minds and our hearts and what he has said in reference to our mental health. He wants you not just spiritually intact, but he wants you mentally intact. Amen? And so uh, we've been on this journey of, of transformation, looking at how God changes us. And there are seven parts of this transformation that we're looking at. And we've been using for a uh, text scripture in Romans 12 and 2, do not conform any longer. I like that. It means that you was doing it, but I'm asking you to stop doing it. <laughs> right, right? Do not do it any longer, which means you, you, you know you were conforming. But what I'm asking you to do is stop conforming. Right? Stop conforming. He says, do not any longer be conformed to the patterns of this world. And we talked about breaking patterns the first week. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. For his will is what? It's three things. It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. His will is good, it is pleasing, and it's perfect. And so this series is designed to get you to stop conforming and to allow God to transform. You conform, and we're going to deal with that in a minute, but only God can transform. You conform, but only God can transform. And so when there is something that you see, people know how to conform to the situation. But only God has the ability to transform you. Amen? So let's look at the scripture in Isaiah. I want you to write this down, chapter 26, verse number 3. It says, you, Lord, you will guide him and keep him. Let's look at this promise first before we jump into mental peace. You will guide him and keep him in perfect and constant peace. Man, that's good. When I read that, I got excited. Perfect and constant. That means that it is the will of God for you not to have moments or seasons of peace, but it's the will of God to you, for you to be in peace constantly. And it's the will of the enemy to constantly disrupt your peace. Right? Uh, constant peace, here's the key, here's how you do it. He not only tells you what he wants, but he gives you the answer to how to perform it. Whose mind both its inclination and its character is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. He says that when you keep your mind on Christ, you lean on him, you hope him, hope in him, he says that that keeps your mind in peace. It's when you try to figure it out yourself that you invite worry. It's when you try to bring the solution yourself that you allow the enemy to start whispering and showing you all your lack, all your weakness. He says, but hey, if you lean on me, I mean, I, I mean, who tells you to lean on him? I mean, that's great. I mean, I love people. Sometimes you don't always want everybody leaning on you all the time. I, I, overnight I was laying down and Uriah came and he jumped on me. I was like, dude, just give me a minute. Get to, you, know, you know, he's as big as I am. And, you know, he, had, he was all hot and musky and I was like, my 13-year-old son. So he just comes and he jumps. I'm like, he's like, Dad, I'm like, dude, just give me a second, man. Just like, you know, you know what? Like, I don't always want people leaning on me all the time, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, just give, let me breathe a second. Let me breathe a second, right? Uh, but God says, hey, with all your sweatiness, all your sins, 
Come on, all your imperfections, I want you to lean on me with all that stuff you got going on. I, I, I mean, how, how do you not love Jesus when he's asking you to lean on you? He, he's, not, he's not saying, well, if you decide to do it, he's giving you permission, gosh, to lean on him and put all your hopes and your confidence in him. So when we talk about the peace of God in our minds, it starts with first making sure that you put your thought process in the right direction. That you put your thought process in the right direction. Don't let the enemy control your thought life. And whatever, we're going to look at it in a minute, whatever you take in is what's going to get out. So you have to control your thought life. Somebody say, control my thought life. Because the enemy likes to plant seeds to tell you what you should think. You never been there before? He knows how to plant what I call narratives. You make up your own story. You feel pain. I hope that's not this. Oh, my God. I hope that's, you know, and all of a sudden, the enemy starts putting a story together. You ain't been to the doctor. You're not a doctor. I mean, it could be, it could be just gas, right? But here you go, and I'm telling you, this is true. A couple of weeks ago, my chest was hurting. I was like, oh, Lord, I, you know, I just passed 40, and am I having a, I'm not having a heart. I'm, I'm under a lot of stress. Like, you know, here it is. Here it is. The enemy just, he's writing that story. And I had to catch it, catch myself and say, no, the devil is a liar. I walk in divine health. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm healed with the stripes. Come on. I, I, I don't receive any report of the enemy. Why? Because here it is. All the enemy needed me to do to say, yeah, maybe, maybe I am happy. Right? You know, it just take it to another level, right? But you've got to be careful with your thought life. Because the enemy loves to plant seeds because he needs your permission in order to carry it out. You meditating on it gives him permission to carry it out. You speaking it gives him permission to carry it out. You taking it in gives him permission to carry it out. But he says, if you keep your mind on God, Christ, he says what? He's going to keep you in perfect peace. So let's look at this real quick, five things that God says about my mind. Are you ready? We're going to run through this. You ready? This is going to be some good stuff. All right, number one, don't believe everything you think. Oh, that's so good. Look at you. Don't believe everything. I know you think your mind is the best mind that has ever hit the planet, but don't believe everything you think. Let's look at this according to Scripture, right? And at Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things, and it is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely mortally sick. Who can know it, perceive, understand, or be acquainted with its own heart and its mind? He said, there's some things going on in your heart. Your heart and your mind are connected. And he said, there's some things going on in your heart and your mind that are just messed up. And he says, you have to be careful on what you start thinking. You're thinking things that are manifested in your life. He says, but you got to be careful what you're thinking because it's deceitful. Your heart, that's why you need Christ. That's why you need the thoughts of Christ because your thoughts are messed up. Your thoughts were trained and given to you by people around you or your situation or your insecurities. But the mind of Christ is what makes you successful. It's what allows you to see who God has called you to be. I love this scripture in the book of Philippians. He says, do not be anxious. There it goes. So if there's anxiety, anxiety is not the kingdom, right? God does not want you to be anxious. He just told you don't be. And don't claim it. It's my anxiety. You, 
if you give it to Christ, why do you still hold it? Y'all are quiet here. It's my anxiety. It's my sickness. It's my mind. Well, well, listen, if you want it, take it. <laughs> but Christ died for it. Stop letting him, he died, stop going to grab it back and claim it as yours. He says, do not be anxious about anything. But you don't understand. Anything. Well, you don't know my financial situation. Last time I checked, anything meant Anything. I mean, I think that covers everything. I think anything covers everything. And he commands us, don't be anxious about anything. Because really what you're doing is you're worrying. He says, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God. There goes that peace. There goes that peace. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It don't have to make sense to you. It will guard your heart in your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, how do I get the peace of God? He says, when I meditate on the things that are of him, I get the peace of God. And he says, that peace guards my mind and it guards my heart. Because what anxiety can't penetrate the thoughts of God. Anxiety can't penetrate the mind of Christ. It doesn't have the ability to do it. So he says, hey, stop being anxious. So today, guess what? You just got free from anxiety. I thought, I, I thought you would be a little bit more excited than that. Okay. Uh, uh, well, you got free. You don't have to be anxious. Not, oh, Pastor. You, no, the word says do not be anxious about anything. I don't have to have any anxiety about nothing. Why? Because he told me to lean on him. It's not my job to figure it out. It's his job to figure it out. And he's taking care of me. Come on here, somebody. So all I have to do is relax. I don't worry about the doctor's report. I'm not worried about the money. I'm not worried about these things. He says, don't be anxious. You just focus on me and let me focus on your stuff. Man, that's a good, that, I, I like that plan. He says, you focus on me and let me focus on your stuff. All right? Look at this last scripture right here. I love this. He said in Matthew 6 and 25, here it goes. Do not what? Don't worry. Stop worrying. How many people the enemy likes to make you worry? I mean, we've all been there, right? We worry. Worry about this. Worry about this. Worry about that. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm not going to catch my show in time. You're worried about crazy stuff. Go shopping. I'm worried they, gotta get, they may not have my size. I'm worried they may miss the sale. I'm worried they may not get up in the morning. I'm worried my car won't start. I mean, you just got a brand new car. You're just worrying about stuff that you should be. He says, stop worrying. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about it. What you will eat, what you will drink, about your body, what you will wear. I mean, isn't this normal? I mean, we go through those points where it's like nothing you put on in the morning looks like it makes sense. I'm a guy. I have those moments too, you know. I feel heavy in the morning sometimes when I wake up, you know. And I just today, I had something. I said, Ray, I said, I just feel like, said, I know what you mean. I was like, really? You're like this thing. No, you don't know what I mean. My shirt is feeling like it's hugging my body. You don't know what I mean right now, all right? This is extra large. I don't, I'm pulling my shirt. I know what you mean. No, you don't. All right, so I'm almost done. He says, says, but listen, you're putting too much energy on things that you don't have to put thought on. He says, it is not life more than food and the body more than the clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not more valuable than they? I love this. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? As a matter of fact, when you worry, you take away hours. You don't add hours to your life. Worrying gives you stress and anxiety, and you start worrying and worrying and worrying, worrying about your kids. Put your kids in the hands of God. Come on, put them in the hands of God. Say, God, I turn my, 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 my hard-headed, rebellious, disobedient meathead over to you, and I am asking you to get them however you have to get them. Just take care of them, right? But I'm not going to sit up worrying. I'm not going to sit up worrying. I remember that, you know, um, I always tell you, my brother and I grew up in the same house, but, you know, it was like heaven and hell. You know, I was, <laughs> you know, I was about my father's business very early. Thank you, Jesus. I was focused on what God had for me. And, uh, you know, my brother was focused on just the enemy's work. So, you know, and, and he was the one that gave my mother gray hair, you know, just stressed her out. And so as we became young men, you know, he was still out there acting a fool and stuff like that. And she would call me and have a said, Ma, listen, you got to stop worrying about him. I says, if he hit his head on a brick wall, so be it. Hand him over to the Lord and you do what God got for you to do, right? Because the enemy will kill you with worry. Come on. He will kill you with worry. The enemy will kill you, and the doctors will medicate you for it. But here it is. God gives you a solution, right? He says, hey, I got the solution for worry. It's, if you focus on me, then you're not going to worry no more. Now, I'm not saying that you go home, read one scripture, and Mark, oh, look at that. It didn't even work. Look at that. I read a scripture, and it worked. No, you got to get that mind transformed. You got to get that thinking transformed, right? You got to get that perceptive differently in your mind and get that word down in your heart. Somebody say amen. amen. So don't believe what you think. Because what you think don't mean it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. What makes a difference is what the word of God says. Come on. He says the fruit of your body is blessed. That's what makes the difference. He says that with his stripes you are healed. That's what makes us different. He said, I go before you and I make the crooked road straight. That's what makes you different. He says, I've given you power to get wealth. That's what makes you different. He says that if you tithe, I open up the window, pour out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. See, you, you, you can roll the scripture off because you can tell so many times I had to attack my thought life. And I had to put the word in my heart so that that can come out instead of my thoughts. Because I didn't want to give the enemy permission. Amen? Number two, real quick. Guard your mind against garbage. That sounds easy, but it's tough. Right? Proverbs chapter 15, verse 14 says, The wise person is hungry for knowledge, while the fool feeds on trash. Right? Don't watch Days of My Life or Another Life Dying, whatever it is. General Hospital, and you, you know, you, you're up there sick, and you watch a general. Stop watching all that crazy enough. As the world turns, your world's upside down. See, you got to stop taking that trash in. You got to, right, what, <laughs> what you take in is what's going to come out. You got to be careful, right? Uh, all right, y'all got quiet on me that one. Psalms chapter 101, verse 3. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. Man, I love that scripture. So everything you do, you got to say, am I adding value or taking away value to myself? Now, again, I'm not being self-righteous, right, because we all have to work on this. I like my shoot 'em up shows, right? 
I told you I wanted to be a cop in another life. I, I like to see people pay me. I love all that stuff. But this time, I got to be careful. I can't overdo it. You know, I'll sit there. I'll watch shoot them up all day. And next thing I know, no one around shooting everybody up around the house. And I'm like, yo, I got to be, my three-year-old's like, pow, 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 daddy. I'm like, where you get that from? Ray's like, what do you think he got that from? You know, oops, sorry. <laughs> you know, he's watching what I'm watching, right? I have to be careful, right? Because that was a revelation for me, right? When he's walking around beating his brothers up, hitting them in the head, it's all the violent shows that I'm watching, and I'm thinking I'm an adult, I can handle it, but that's what's coming out, right? I will not set before my eyes anything that's worthless. There's a lot of shows I would like to watch, no nudity, nothing like that, but I know it's not conducive to me, right? And I know it can't put nothing good out, so you got to be careful what you watch. Put your hand in your eyes and be careful what you watch. You didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? You thought it was just religiosity. No, the Bible says, do not put anything before your eyes that is worthless, right? And that includes talking to some worthless people. <laughs> Conversations can be worthless as well, you know. You got to be careful. Number three, I love this one, never stop learning. Never stop learning. I'm an advent of education and learning. And some of you say, well, I don't have money to go back to school. Well, guess what? This is an awesome thing. I want you to write this down. You ready? It's called Amazon.com. And on Amazon.com, you can order books. It's amazing. I mean, textbooks of any topic on the universe is there. And then write this down. There's another place called Barnes and Nobles. I know this is all new to everybody. This is a revelation. No one's heard of these places. And they didn't know that you can learn from these places. But guess what? You got to keep learning. Jesus was able to talk to fishermen, carpenters, whoever he was talking to, people in the religious place, lawyers, doctors, because he was constantly learning. I have to be able to have a conversation with a, a multimillionaire in my field and be able to come in and have a church conversation and be able to go over here and have a conversation. Why? Because you have to constantly be learning. I love the scripture in Proverbs 18 and 15. Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. I love everybody, but ignorant people annoy me, right? The people that don't want to learn. Don't want to educate themselves. Taking wrong information and presenting it as right. Intelligent people, the Bible says, are always ready to learn. Proverbs 19 and 18, those who get wisdom to do themselves a favor. Those who get wisdom does what? Do themselves a favor. What is wisdom? Not just knowledge, but how to apply the knowledge. And those who love learning will what? Will succeed. I mean, this, this Bible is amazing. Look at all these keys it's giving you. He says those who love learning will succeed. You can't fail that way. He said in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 15 for all the deep religious folks, study to show thyself approved. We all know the scripture. Study to show thyself approved under God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly divine the word of truth. He said not only do I want you academically smart, but you have to be biblically smart. Study the word of God so that you can represent the kingdom properly, right? Rightly dividing the word of truth. Not the crazy stuff we see going on these days where people make up their own doctrines, right? Rightly dividing. Sometimes people say, well, where you get that from? Well, that God gave that to me. Well, it ain't in, it's not even in the Bible. Like, God may have given it to you, but it's not in the Bible. Like, you know, people just make up stuff, and you got to be careful. I don't care who it is. The Bible says if an angel of light comes to you with a different doctrine, reject it. Reject it. So that's why I take time to give you scriptures 
so that you know how to study the word of God and divide the word of truth for yourself. So if you're having a conversation with somebody, they don't want to care. Well, my pastor said, nobody care. <laughs> nobody care what your pastor said. They want to know what does the word say, right? The power and the authority is in the word. Amen? All right. We're almost there. Number four, renew your mind daily with God's word. I love this one. Renew your mind daily with God's word. They say on an average day, you see over three million different advertisements. Three million from the time you leave your house, walking and seeing billboards, on the train, people's shirts, logos everywhere. By the time you go, you get up and you listen to the news or watching TV. By the time you close your eyes and go to sleep, you've seen over three million different advertisements. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff vying for your attention. So by the time you get, I mean, by the time you get to church Sunday, you wiped out. You know, you don't know what the... <laughs> You'd have been, everybody's been trying to get your attention, right? So this has to be an everyday thing. It can't be a Sunday thing. And if I can get you guys out of Sundays and get you, that's why this campaign is so important. Those weekly sessions are so important. Those scripture cards are important because we want to get to where every day you're renewing your mind. Every day you're having that kingdom con con uh, conversation. Romans chapter 8, verse number 7. Are you getting something today? Chapter, uh, verse 7 says, that is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is what? Hostile to God. So your natural mind is hostile to God, for it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it can't. He says, so your natural mind, you say, I want to go pray. In your heart, you want to get up and have morning prayer. But your mind and your body says, what are you doing? Right? Your mind and your body, so when we fast before this, we had this whole thing. We went on a nice fast, and, and, and your spirit says, Pastor, I want to do this. But your, your appetite was saying something else, right? He says, your mind, the unregenerated new mind, is an enemy to God. It fights the will of God. It fights the will of God. How many times has your mind fought the will of God? It's the will of God for you to, to do great things. It's the will of God for you to study his word. But your mind fights the will of God. Verse 8, so then those who are living in the life of the flesh, catering to its appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to. The carnal mind does not have the capacity or the ability to please God. It's an enemy to God. That's why your mind has to be renewed and transformed to the mind of Christ, right? So that you don't trust your thoughts. Look at this. He said this in Romans 12 and 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God do what? Transform you into a new person. How does he do that? By changing the way you think. Man, this is good. How's God going to transform you? Oh, pastor, can you lay hands on me and I'm going to be transformed? That's not how it goes. And we spoil people by just laying hands on them and thinking that that's going to be the, the fix-all. No, no. you got to take this word in. you got to chew this word. He says true transformation comes by what? Changing the way you think. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that when the enemy is kicked out of a place, if, that, if the Spirit of God does not fill that place, what happens? He comes back with seven times more than was there before. So let me break that down for those who don't understand what that means. So God delivers you from, maybe you have, a, uh, you smoke, right? You nicotine's your thing. And God delivers you from nicotine. Uh, and, and you don't, he, by his grace, he saved you. You didn't do anything to deserve it. But 
you know, you stop coming to church, I'm good now, I got delivered, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do my life, right? I'm good, I don't need deliverance, or maybe God stopped, uh, uh, healed you from something, I'm good, I don't go to church, I don't pray, I don't read the Bible. Well, when that enemy comes and sees that you didn't replace his space with the Word of God, he says, oh, they think they can do this by themselves. But because he got kicked out before, he goes, the Bible says, to get spirits that are seven times stronger. And he moves in. And you say, how did this come back? How did I end up in the same place? See, that's talking about deliverance. And we haven't told on that yet. But we talk about deliverance. When God delivers you and God starts setting you free from things, fair, whatever it is, you've got to replace it with the word of God. You've got to replace Because if you don't, you're leaving yourself open. He says, God transformed you into a new person by what? Changing the way you think. So your thinking is holding you in captivity. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. What is it? It is good, it is pleasing, and it is perfect. Man, it is good, it is pleasing, and perfect. Last scripture for this one, and we're going to do number five. We're going to pray. Joshua 1 and 8, study this book of instructions. Can what? Continually. Meditate on it when? Day and night. So you will be what? Sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. If you, don't, I mean, if you just take today's message and use every scripture, you'd you, you just be amazing. I, I Really, I mean, if you, just, if you just take these scriptures today that I've given you and you use them and you work them and you meditate on them and every day you chew this every day, your life will just do a complete turnaround. Because what happened? The scriptures now are creating new patterns. New behaviors, changing your thinking, right? So the enemy going to come down. When you walk out of here, he's going to try to come back. So right now, there's too much pot. They, they don't worship us until the enemy can't come in right now. You know, we're we holding down the fort right now. We're good. Like if he try to show up, it's like, you know, we do, you know, it, we're good right now, right? But okay, but watch it. When you get out, you know, the devil's on the side smoking a cigarette right now, but when you get out, Come on, when you get back home, right, those thoughts are going to try to come back, right? I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, they're going to try to come back. He's going to try to intimidate you again. But you got to know who you are in the Word of God. You got to know I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I don't worry. I don't have anxiety. I'm not sick. I'm healed. You got to know who you are. And guess what? Eventually that, that thing's going to lead, that voice is going to get smaller and smaller, and God's words are going to get louder and louder and louder and louder until it drowns out the voice of the enemy. Come on, somebody. It's going to drown them out. Just study to show that self-approved, knowing the word of God. Last one, number five. Let God stretch your imagination. We talk about the mind. Let God stretch your imagination. I love this one. Because the enemy likes to work in the space of your imagination. Man, he's good. He creates the narrative. He creates the story. He puts it together. Uh, the other day, we were in the house, and I was uh, telling uh, uh, the story about a young lady that Ray and I used to mentor back in New York. She came to us, and she says, you know, uh, 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 Pastor, you know, I feel like God, you know, I need telling me to get married and da-da-da-da. I said, okay. 
I said, well, come by. Let us pray about it. You know, I just want to see what the Lord, what do you feel the Lord is saying? I said, okay, great now. Let's come by. Let's, let's have a conversation. So Ray and I prayed about it, and we knew the Lord was saying no. So we told her, no. God's saying not now. Well, she did the opposite of what we said. I'm not your God. You ask me as a prophet of God, what is the Lord saying? I will tell you. You don't take it or leave. It's your business. And now she's calling my wife probably every week because she's going through with that situation that we told her no. Right? The situation happened, but now she's created a narrative in her mind about a third party who got injected. You can read it in between the lines. And, and, and I said, told, I said this, next time she calls you, tell her to go to that person first before the enemy allows to play it out and create a story that may not even be there. Because enough she's already going through on this side. Now he's trying to kill her with stress and worry and anxiety by adding another narrative, right? And, and sometimes you'll, 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 you'll be home and the enemy will just, just telling you his story. I mean, like a soap opera, right? He'll just, he'll start unwinding that story. And you're sitting there, yeah. You're having visions <laughs> of what's going to happen and this and that and da-da-da. You, you, you watch this. He works in your imagination. He needs you to see it so you can speak it so he can show up. Don't create for him. He's a dead spirit. He doesn't have the ability to create. He can only create through you. When you speak, when you give it permission to exist. This last scripture says this in Ephesians 3 and 20. Now to him who by and consequent of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose, God's purpose, and do what? Super abundantly, far above, far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. God works to your imagination as well. So that's why the enemy is trying to be like God, right? Because God works to your imagination. So I want you not to see, as you close your Bibles, don't see what the enemy is trying to make you see. I want you to see what God sees for you. I mean, that, that, that's the story we need to let our minds go crazy on. I mean, this week, Dana, I, I, I want your imagination to go wild. I mean, he'll, he'll really let your imagination go wild on how great you can really be for the kingdom of God. And, and don't let the enemy interrupt it by saying, you can never do that. You can't do that. You don't have the education. You don't have that. No, no. You got to say the devil is a liar. This week, I'm going to let my God imagination go wild. I'm just going to be crazy enough to believe that he can do what he just showed me. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I mean, think about it. I mean, every week you hear me talk about what God-sized dreams and, uh, 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 and, 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 and exponential thinking. I know sometimes you guys think I'm crazy. <laughs> what is this man talking about winning a whole city? Has he looked around lately? No, it's like, what, 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 because what? I, it's a God-sized dream. It, it, it's a God-sized dream. And guess what? It's enough to me. It says the power that is at work in me has the ability to do above what I can ever ask, what I can ever desire, what I can ever fake up. His plan is so big for you that you don't even have the capacity to think that large. His, his goodness, uh, uh, Sue, is so large that you don't, even, you don't even have the ability to think that good of yourself. 
when I think about how good he is, I can't even wrap my mind around the goodness of Jesus. He's just that great. He's just that big. He says, go ahead, I dare you. He says, I dare you to try to stretch your mind to think bigger than I am. He says, we dare ask. In other words, he's begging you to put him to the test. He says, I can do above what you ask, above what you think, above what you pray. I know you think your prayers are great, but they're small compared to the plans that I have for you. I know you think your prayers are so auspicious and you're doing something awesome. He says, but guess what? No matter how big your prayers are, they're small compared to the bigness that I have for your life and the greatness that I want to accomplish. Hold your Bibles and stand to your feet. And if you could just come play something for me very soft, uh, uh, it, it's, it's about God transforming you, but how does he transform you? He says, by changing the way you think. Wow. Not what does man say about you. What does God say about you? This week, I want you to think about that question. What does God say? And, and, and don't try to figure it out. I want you to go look at his own words and see what he says about you. I mean, it's easy to find that out, right? There's something called the Bible, and he talks about you. It takes him 66 books to talk about how great you are. I mean, I've written one book, and man, it's a lot of work to write one book. It's a lot of work to write a book. Pastor Rick and I was talking about because he's an author, I'm an author. It's a lot of work to spit out a book. And God wrote 66 love letters about how he wanted to redeem me and bring me into purpose and do something great for me. Man, I, I, I can never get bored reading a man who thought enough of me to write 66 books. He said, so this week I want you not to think about what you think of yourself. I want you to look at what God thinks about you. He said, because if you can change the way you think, that's where transformation really starts. The carnal mind is an enemy to God. What do we mean carnal mind? A mind that does not think like Christ, that has been conformed to the philosophies and theologies of the world. The world creates its own narratives. It contextualizes its own stories. But God says, that's not your story. Your story is you win. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. Are you hearing me here, somebody? That's your story. You're not going to die because, well, my grandmother died from this and everybody in my family had this disease. That's their story. You were saved. You're born again. You're in Christ. That's not your story. That's not your story. Almost every one of my uncles on my father's side that died, died from diabetes. And there was a time before I knew who I was that anybody would tell me, guess how you're going to die. But man, when I found out who I was, I started laughing every time he would say it. Because I said, you can't be talking about me. I have the blood of Jesus going through my veins. I got different blood running through me now. Are you hearing me here, somebody? I've been washed. So I want you to lift those hands up, and I want you to just begin to ask God, God, show me who I am to you. Show me how much I mean to you. I, I, I know what my family says, and I know what I tell myself, and I know how I see myself, but I, 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 I throw worry away. I'm not worried. I throw away 
anxiety. I throw away fear. I throw away unbelief. I choose to stand on your word. And, and this transformation that I feel you're doing, God, just, just, just remind me who I am in you. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I get caught up in my day-to-day. But God, when I forget, let your Holy Spirit remind me who I am. When the carnal mind starts fighting against the will of God, remind me who I am. Why don't you lift those hands and just begin to talk to God. Just, just for a couple of seconds, just begin to ask him to remind you. Transform your mind to pull out every tree that's producing bad seed in your life, bad fruit. Uproot every seed that's producing bad trees and bad fruit. And I'm seeing the same patterns over and over and over again. In the name of Jesus, I command those trees to be uprooted out of their lives. I come against every spirit of worry and anxiety and battles of the mind. And right now, I command their minds to be set free in the name of Jesus, for whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus, which washes and cleanses. And Father, today as we stand in your presence, I thank you that your power is touching every mind in this place. I command the voice of the enemy that speaks death to their spirit man. I command that voice to be silenced. I command that voice to be silenced. That voice that says you're not enough. That voice that tells you to give up. That voice that says you'll never make it. I command that voice to be silenced. That voice that says it will never get better. That voice that says it's always going to be like this. That voice that says worry about it. I command that voice to be silence. And I command the voice of the kingdom to shout victory in your ear. I command the voice of the kingdom to shout that you are the head and you are not beneath. You are strong and you are not weak. That your family is blessed and not cursed. Command that voice of the enemy to be silenced. Command your ear to no longer recognize his voice, but only the voice of the Father shall you recognize and obey and move towards. I command the narrative of death that the enemy has constantly spoken in your ear, I command that narrative to change in the name of Jesus. Today, your story is being rewritten in your hearts and in your minds in the name of Jesus. You shall not die, but you shall live. Thank you, Jesus. I don't care what the doctor's report is, was, we decree and declare that the blessing of the Lord, it make it rich and add of no sorrow that you walk in divine health from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. That Jesus said that with his stripes you are healed. That no sickness or disease can touch your body. 
We command the symptoms to leave. We command the root problem to leave. We command your blood pressure to regulate in the name of Jesus. We command your cells to normalize. We speak and decree what the word of God says about you. You shall not die before your time, but you shall live a long life. And the enemy shall not decide your exit. You shall decide your exits. Enoch chose to walk with God. Thank you that the peace of God shall follow them home today. The peace of God shall go with them to work on Monday. The peace of God shall show up on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I come against worry. Worry, worry, worry. I bind up every thought of suicide and oppression and depression. I come against it now in the name of Jesus. I bind up oppression and depression. Come on, somebody begin to pray in the name of Jesus. We come against suicidal thoughts in the name of Jesus. Even our loved ones that are connected to us that may not be here today, we release this prayer and their direction in the name of Jesus. We come against bipolar symptoms in the name of Jesus. We come against mental illness in the bloodline in the name of Jesus. And we decree and declare that the power of Jesus is setting them free now. There be no substance abuse due to oppression and depression. There shall be no cutting of the flesh due to oppression. And I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost. There shall be no cutting of the flesh due to oppression and depression. We speak freedom in the Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, I need some Holy Ghost people to pray for a couple of seconds. I'm going to let you go, but I feel the Holy Ghost saying, just pray, just pray.